Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-side for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys can hear me and see me okay. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World, the Black Business School. What's going on, everybody? Uh, come on into the chat. Uh, what's up, D.C. Washington president? How you doing? Um, hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, hey, baby. Uh, you can come on in. Uh, so here's what um, you've been asking me about all day. And uh, so I thought that I would go ahead and break this down uh, for you real quick. Um, so a lot of you have been asking me about Ice Cube. Um, you guys know that Ice Cube uh, has been on the channel a couple of times in the last few weeks. And um, I don't know um, Cube. I, I haven't known Cube for that long, uh, maybe, you know, like six weeks or so. But uh, but we related and linked up on a lot of issues in terms of um, things that we agree on. You know, we're both a couple of black men about the same age, uh, seen the same shit, um, you know, care about the black community. That's why I talked to him. And, um, and I talked to Kanye West also. I didn't hit it off with Kanye as well as I hit it off with Trump. I'm going to tell you the truth. But did I say Trump? Oh, God. Why? Oh, Lord. I hope that wasn't a Freudian slip. Um, but uh, anyway, I guess because Trump was on my brain. But anyway, so here's uh, so when I talked to Q, uh, you know, we both had the same concerns. Uh, the concern that many of us have is that black people are not getting the attention that we deserve that the black community is being ignored, uh, that the Democratic Party has been pretty much uh, engaged in uh, what is called benign neglect. Um, I talked to Dr. Claude Anderson today, uh, and uh, he feels the same way. He feels that um, the Democratic Party uh, has pretty much been pissing on black people for 50 years, and uh, black people have been allowing this to happen. You know, they've been doing R. Kelly on us, and we've just been sitting here, and we take it, I guess, because we like it. I don't know. Some of us like abuse. Some of us don't. Um, I'm not in for that. I'm not into uh, being abused. And so uh, here's the deal. Um, uh, so let before I dig into this, could you do me a favor real quick? Uh, hashtag B1 in the chat. I want to make sure we start off at the, at the, from the jump with these conversations. Number one, this is the home for intelligent black people, uh, intelligent black people only. If you're not intelligent and you're not black and you're not trying to be better, then get the fuck out because this is not a place for you. Uh, if you can't put black people first, that's the other thing. Hashtag B1 in the chat. If you believe the black people should come first. Uh, that means uh, that blackness comes before your political party, comes before your uh, your cross-sectional issue or your gender or your sexuality and all that stuff. We're black first. That's what it is. It's about building the black community. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, fuck your politics. Um, I'm not really into whether you're Democrat or Republican. I truly don't care. I mean, in fact, I take great offense when somebody says, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. You do not own blackness. Uh, this is not 1708. Slavery ended a long time ago, and you have no right to claim my blackness. And uh, I, I, I want to begin the conversation there as well. Uh, also, hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up button. Everybody right now, please hit the thumbs up button because I need your help to get this conversation uh, into the uh, into the public's um, uh, in the public's purview. Uh, because here's the deal. Black people are not getting balanced discussions on these issues. 
Um, unfortunately, you have members of the black elite. And I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, mention Roland Martin, not because I'm trying to be nasty, but because these individuals get taken care of by white Democratic leaders when they corral black votes. Uh, their goal is to collect black votes and deliver black people to the polls. That's what a political boss does. Political bosses, uh, they're not there to serve the masses. They are there to serve the masses. So they're not there for the masses. They're there for the masses. So what they do is they, they go to they, they want to be connected. They want to be on TV. They want to get a job in Washington. They want to be a player. Right. They want to integrate properly. So what they'll do is they'll go and sit down with uh, the white political bosses. Right. So they'll say we can deliver the masses to massa. Right. So we'll we'll go and deliver black votes for you. And if we deliver black votes for you, here are the things you're going to do this for me, this for me and this for me. It's an old tradition. It happens all throughout the world. This is how white supremacy operates. That's why you have countries like Nigeria and other parts of Africa where they have billions of dollars in oil and the oil gets sold cheap by the black, by the elite people and the masses still end up in poverty. You go to you know some of these countries where they've got all this oil and you're like, how can you have poverty when you have all this oil? Well, it's because the people at the top are pretty much have pretty much sold the resources that really should be belonging to the people on the bottom. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, black people are not getting a balanced conversation on politics because there are people who have a vested interest in continuing the status quo. You know, they, they say that, you know, they, they break politics up where they'll have liberals and conservatives. Well, unfortunately, many of the so-called liberals, black liberals, many of them are very conservative because their job is to conserve the status quo. Uh, they conserve the status quo by basically saying to black people, we need you to uh, basically do what we tell you. Don't ask any questions. If you ask a question, we're going to attack you. We're going to label you. We're going to call you a Trump supporter, whatever. We're going to we're going to demonize you to the point where we don't even want to hear what you have to say. Uh, and because we want black people to do exactly what they've been doing, you know, and I saw Roland. He did a video where he was crying because so many black people were lined up at the polls. And and uh, I'm not I'm not here to make fun of another man crying, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, sometimes we feel emotional about something. But I didn't understand the tears mainly because I couldn't understand. I said, you, you act like black people never voted before. Like you act like this is the first time we've ever actually tried this. Like, like, like really? Like, I mean, have you ever, anybody give me a yes or no in the chat. If you've ever talked to a black person and you've been like, man, you know, everything's fucked up in the community. The schools suck. The kids are getting shot in the street. You know, black people's economics, their wealth is going backward. You know, we're all dealing with all kinds of chaos. You know, my uncle, my daddy, my cousin are still in prison, been, been locked up for 20 years. And then they say something like, well, that's why we all need to vote. That's why we all need to show up to the polls. Now, I'm not here to say that there's anything wrong with that, right? And in fact, I, if you want to know my official position, I had a conversation with my, my daughter tonight. Well, she's my goddaughter, but she's like my daughter. You know how we do as black people. We just, if we decide you family, then you're going to be family. So she's my family. And she's been my little girl since she was 10. Now she's 30. She's pregnant and she's very smart. She graduated from an Ivy League school. And, uh, and we were talking and we debate and we have differences in opinion, but we learn from each other. And, and one of the things I told her is I said, you know, I used to say that I wasn't going to vote at all. I said, but you know what? To make things easier for people so I don't shock their system too much. Uh, what my new my new position is, I'm going to vote. I'm going to show up and I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote in all my local elections. And then when it gets to the presidency, I will either write in my candidate or I will pick a third party candidate. And the reason is that I'm too smart to let you trap me into two terrible choices. I'm too smart to let you trap me into picking racist A or racist B. You see, sometimes we think that because something is better than something else, 
that the that the the thing that's better, like if something's really terrible and something's only kind of terrible, we get tricked into believing that the thing that's only kind of terrible is actually good. You know, so we'll turn to things that are kind of terrible because they've told us that something else is more terrible than the first thing. Right. And for black people, that's a matter. I mean, Michelle Obama was talking about things being life or death. Well, this is life or death for black people. You're literally being asked. I mean, so just process this for a minute. This is just open your mind. You ain't got to agree with me, but just, just hear what I'm saying. You're being asked to choose between a guy like a Donald Trump who really, you know, he's a narcissist. He's, he's, he's not fit to be president. I mean, let's just be clear. That man got about a thousand different psychiatric issues that, that should concern us all. Uh, you know, but but he but he ain't done nothing. I, I I can't think of anything he's done to me directly, to be honest with you. But he's not fit to be president. And another guy who spent 47 years not only doing nothing for you, it'd be one thing if he'd done nothing for black people. But he he's actually done things to black people, right? There's a difference between somebody who does nothing for you versus somebody who's deliberately sabotaged your existence. Right. That's what Biden's like a double whammy. Right. It's like, you you know, some of y'all, when you start a business, you might have a relative who don't even help you. And you pissed about the relative who don't help you. But imagine if you had a relative who not only didn't help you, but stole money from you, you know, and was lying on you and sabotaging you. And, you know, all this other stuff. Biden is kind of like that. I mean, when you go back and you look at his track record and all the terrible things he said about black people. I'm talking about I don't want my kids going to school in a racial jungle and, you know, these super predators. We need to get rid. There's a hundred thousand of them. We need to take them out of society. These kids born to single mothers. We need to take them out of society. I said, God damn, like you really you really sounding like Hitler right now. Like Hitler used to talk like that. If you go watch, seriously, go study how Hitler talked to the to the to the German people about the Jewish community. He didn't talk about like, oh, we gonna. He didn't talk like some of the rednecks might talk. Rednecks might be like, we're gonna go get us a couple negros and we're gonna go and strangle them up, right? Right. That's bad enough. That's pretty terrible. But no, they were talking about systematic, like industrial strength extermination of an entire group of people, almost like your roaches, almost like if you have a roach problem and you want to put a roach bomb in your house and kill thousands of roaches at once. Like they were, they wanted to use the industrial might of the United States government to exterminate as many of you as possible. Like that's like Margaret Sanger times a thousand, right? Margaret Sanger, you know, originally used abortion through Planned Parenthood. This is all documented. This is not me being radical. This is all, you can go look this up. Uh, she wanted to use abortion to control population. And this happens all around the world. When I was in South Africa, I saw in black neighborhoods, I saw abortion promoting free abortions promoted more than any other area. I didn't see it in the white neighborhoods. I only saw it in the black ones. Uh, but 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 with Biden, it was it was very I, it made me think about Hitler because because you know the way the 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 Germans did the Jews, they they killed like thousands of them at once. And it was really terrible to, to see just all those dead bodies piled on top of each other. Well Biden kind of had the same idea. Biden's process his whole process was we need to exterminate a certain group of people. We need to make sure there's 100,000 of these super predators. We need to eliminate them from society, right? And there was no, and he said, wasn't this a typical quiet white supremacist? He was the loudest one in the group. Like if, if he's a member of the Klan, he would have been the grand wizard. So as the grand wizard of, of the biggest white supremacist organization in history, which is the United States government, he was literally going out of his way to say, I don't care 
if you grew up in an impoverished background. I don't care if you had a hard time. These people need to be removed from society. So so he dehumanized us by labeling us as super predators. That's how you exterminate a group of people. You you dehumanize them. You label them. Right. Like in World War Two, they labeled the Jews in a certain way uh, in the Vietnam War. The a- Asian people, they called them gooks. Right. And one guy I heard a guy who went to Vietnam. He said, when I got to Vietnam, I, I killed a guy. And he said, I felt terrible after I killed a guy. He said, at that moment, I decided I am never going to kill another human being again. Right. He just got to Vietnam. He said, I'm never going to kill another human being again. He said, but I'm going to kill as many gooks as I possibly can. Like, do you understand that? Do you follow the gravity of that statement? He said, I can't kill a person, but I can kill a gook. Right. I can't kill a person, but I can take out a gook. Right. Well, the same thing is true for a lot of other for a lot of people in terms of how they dealt with black people. I can't take out a, a human being, but I could take out a nigga. Like, you know, I could take out a super predator. You know, we if you're labeled as a super predator, well, all bets are off. Everything that you think you had access to as a human being is now gone. Biden was in that category. He can't outlive that. He can't walk past that. I even have to give the Clintons a little bit of credit. Now, even though Bill Clinton was, you know, he was the grand poobah on this crime bill thing, right? Uh, but at least with the Clintons, if you pay attention, the Clintons apologized for the crime bill. Bill Clinton and Hillary admitted that the crime bill was a mistake. Did y'all follow that? They admitted that it was a mistake. Biden has never rolled back on this. By, I mean, that's an incredible level of arrogance to say that not only am I not going to apologize for shit, but I expect you to vote for me. I expect you to, you know, I expect you're you, you going to show up to the polls and you're going to vote for me just like you did last time, bitch. And if you don't, then you, then you ain't black. Right. Like like that's what he's saying to people. And there are some people who are going for that because because let's just keep it 100 in, in, in a big chunk of the black community. You've just got people who just um, don't have a lot of courage and don't have a lot of critical thinking. Right. Just don't have a lot of courage to uh, not a lot of insight, not a lot of um, analytical ability to really say, how do we really solve this problem? Maybe they don't care. Or another thing is maybe there's just sort of this hope that if we continue to allow ourselves to be abused, then maybe the one one day the white man's going to let me in. One day the white man's going to give me that fancy corporate job with that nice corner office so I can sit and have coffee with a bunch of white people so I can feel better about myself, right? So you're kind of dealing with um, an issue of, of courage and values and self-esteem because no rational person can make sense out of any of this. Even the people that are kind of going, going with the flow, can't make sense out of it. They, they even they even they can't really defend what they're doing. Like if you say, tell me, tell me five things that Biden really did for black people in the last in the last forty seven years, they can't name anything. They can't. They can't. You know, all they can do is say, well, yeah, yeah, but what about what about Trump? What about Trump? Trump? We gotta get Trump out of here. Well, what why, what did, what did, what did Trump do to you? Well, well, he's just a bad person, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now. Okay, I, I see what's going on. It's media programming. Now, let's let's dig a little deeper. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please do that. Also, uh, just a reminder, today I talked to Dr. Claude Anderson, and he actually, uh, for the first day of Poweronomics Masterclass, he's going to talk about his Poweronomics plan. Uh, I asked him specifically about Biden's plan and Trump's platinum plan. He doesn't like either plan. He has a Poweronomics plan that he put together, and he said he's going to talk about it tomorrow in class. So if you guys want to join the Masterclass, you can go to PowernomicsMasterclass.com. That's PowernomicsMasterclass.com. Use the code word podcast. You can get 30% off. That's PowernomicsMasterclass.com. The code word is podcast. Enrollment shuts down tomorrow. So after tomorrow, we, we won't be able to get it. So feel free to go to PowernomicsMasterclass.com. Um, the, 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 a couple of things I want to point out here. 
Um, so you have Ice Cube, you know, getting a lot of heat right now. Um, you know, I haven't talked to Cube in a couple of days. Um, he's he's getting a lot of heat because he met with uh, with Trump. And uh, and here's what I here's why I think that that's kind of silly. Um, and it's, it's kind of a slave mentality is that, you know, Ice Cube didn't come out and say, I'm endorsing Trump. Right. Ice Cube didn't come out and say, everybody need to go vote for Trump now. You know, Ice Cube just said I had a meeting with both sides of the fence. You know, and when I talked to him, that's what he told me. He said, I'm going to meet with the blue side. I'm going to meet with the red side. And here's the thing. You know, if anybody's to be blamed for Ice Cube even having to meet with Trump, it's the Democrats. The reason that they're to blame, they caused that meeting to happen. They made it happen. They made it happen because they basically said, fuck you, when he came and said, what are you going to do for black people? He, he, They said, suck our big blue penises. Like, that's what they told them. They, they basically were like, we ain't got to do shit. Right? We ain't got to do shit. And I know this is true because that's what I went through when Russell Simmons and I went to the Obama administration in 2013 and tried to get them to change their policy on mass incarceration. Do you fucking know how hard that shit was to get the Obama administration to even do the shit they promised to do for black people? Do you understand how reflective that is of how little respect they have for you? They basically look at intelligent black people as unicorns. They're like, yeah, you're smart and you understand the game, but most of your people are stupid as fuck. Most of your people don't know they ass from a hole in the ground. They don't know what the hell's going on. They're just trying to make friends. They're just trying to fit in. They're just trying to get invited to the White House Christmas party. So why in the hell should we work for something that we already own? We own you people. So why should we do anything? Why should we lift a finger for a group of people who will vote for us no matter what? Because we have done a very good job of convincing them that they have no other choice. That if we don't want you, ain't nobody going to want you. So what the fuck you going to do now? What you going to do now? That's That was their attitude. That was their attitude. I kid you not. I'm not here to lie to you. I'll put it on a stack of Bibles, man. I remember having very frustrated conversations. Here's how the plan went. Russell and I, one thing we connected on, I don't, I'm not buddies with Russell. I don't go to parties with him. I don't know nothing about nothing that happened in the 1990s. I'm not in that scene. But when a celebrity reaches out and I, I first feel him out or her out to see if the person got some damn sense. Russell was a guy who impressed me because he's committed to all the brothers that got locked up in, um, in, in Rikers Island back in the day. On, on bullshit charges, right? Like 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 every black person in here, give me a yes or no in the chat, raise your hand, say their name in the chat if you want to. If you have somebody in your family who's been locked up, who went to prison during the Holocaust, the Biden-Clinton Holocaust of the 1990s, raise your hand, say the person's name so we know that they're not forgotten because these people get forgotten by society because Joe Biden did a good job of getting them out of society, right? So so Russell and I connected around that. You know, we saw it happen. I've had loved ones go to prison. And if you haven't gone through that, if you haven't had somebody in your family snatched away from you because of, of the penitentiary and locked up for many years on some bullshit, then you probably can't even connect to what I'm saying. Seriously, you need to just leave. You should probably just go because you're not going to get it. You get Sometimes you got to go through the, the experience. you got to be violated in that way in order to really understand. It's like, it's like a rape victim trying to explain to somebody who's never been through it what it feels like, right? Sometimes you got to go through it to really know what it feels like. So anyway, 
Um, so, so Russell, the plan was Russell said, okay, you write a letter to the president. And I said, sure, no problem. I'm a pretty good writer. I can write stuff really fast. And he said, and what I'll do and, and, and is, is I'll get signatures of all the celebrities, all the rappers and actors and everything else that I know. And you can go get the scholars and the activists and everybody else. They can add legitimacy to what is going on. And it reminds me of what Ice Cube did when he put together the contract with Black America. He didn't just come out and say, I'm Ice Cube. I, you know, I'm from NWA. I've been around. I made family movies. I have a lot of money. So I'm going to just take over the conversation. No, he spent a lot of time talking to the people that understand what's going on. He took a keen interest in Dr. Claude Anderson's Powernomics book, as, as, as did Kanye West. But again, I didn't connect with Kanye the way I connected with Cube. I'm gonna tell you the truth. But 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 there was a a and, and there was a conversation where I could tell that he wasn't there to be the teacher. He was there to be the student, and I respected that. So Russell, we we write this letter. The first version of the letter that I wrote to Obama, he said, you know, I think it's a little bit harsh. Can you soften it a little bit? And I was like, okay, all right, I'll do this. I'll do this for the brothers in prison. I I I'll soften it. So I softened the letter. And, I, and it was very flattering, flattering. I had to lie a little bit. I was like, oh, Mr. President, we appreciate you. Blah, 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 blah. Even though I just, you know, I was already very frustrated because I'd actually had conversations with the Obama administration, which which led me to the point where I just told them, don't call me anymore. Please don't call me anymore because you're not calling me to find out what black people need. You're calling me to tell black people what to do. You're calling me because you want me to carry water for your administration or and, and feed bullshit policies to black people. That's what they do. That's what they do with all the celebrities. They get they're like they come they show up with a bucket of bullshit and they're like we need you to go rap about this bullshit or sing about it or dance about it or hold a dance off or a fried chicken eating contest and get black people to go along with this. That's what they do. So so we uh, so so basically I wrote the letter again. I was like, OK, all right, let me just do this so I can be diplomatic. Come on, boys, don't be an asshole today. So I wrote the letter. I, we got a bunch of people to sign it. We got all the presidents of the HBCUs, a lot of activists, Michelle Alexander from the new Jim Crow, people like that. And he got a lot of the celebrities, you know, Will and Jada signed it and Jamie Foxx and, and Chris Rock and even the Kardashian signed it and everything else. Here's what happened. OK, so as we started to push this letter. Right. As we started to get the Democrats to pay attention to what we were doing and they saw all these celebrities signing this letter it's somewhere out there on the Internet. I, I can't remember exactly where it's at. Um, as we started to get more people to sign the letter, the White House became very concerned. I felt Valerie Jarrett in particular was like, OK, wait a minute. We're not used to black people asking for something like we're, we're not used to black people actually like being like meaningful constituents. <laughs> like We're used to black people just kind of going along and doing what we say. And so so Russell started getting a lot of pressure. He, they started doing to him a lot of what I believe that they're doing to Ice Cube. They started kind of basically saying like, hey, you're not in the in crowd anymore. Like you got the black elite. Look, we're going to take care of y'all. We're going to make sure you good. Just don't just don't worry too much about the masses, like serve the massa, not the masses. And, and, and to his credit, uh, even with all the pressure, and they did some real shady stuff with Russell, some stuff that was just kind of like, I was like, wow, they really did that? He stood his ground. He stood his ground. He said, no, we're not backing off. We're going to release this letter. It's going to go out. That's it. And when we put it out, and just tell you the truth, um, I got to give him credit on this. Justin Bieber tweeted the hashtag, and it became the number three highest trending hashtag in the world. And that was finally when the Obama administration got on board and they went ahead and they made arguably one of the most significant mass incarceration announcement announcements in the last 30 years. 
Why is that significant? Why is that story important? Well, it kind of says this. It says that when you're talking about politics, people don't respect you if you don't stand up for yourself. You know, like it's wrong to think that if you let them beat up on you, ignore you, exploit you and piss on you, it's wrong for you to think that you are going to be better off because of that. You're just not. You're just not. You're just going to get bullied more and more and more. And probably, arguably, the most passive group of people in America is the black community. Because we have this weird thing where we hold out this hope that the people who hate us the most, who mistreated us the most, are eventually going to want to be our friends. When really, you should be telling them, we're not going to be your friends because of what you've done to us. Right? When, it, when people talk about how your ancestors died for you to have the right to vote, I would be like, no, I think my ancestors will want me to run up and kick you in the nuts. Like my ancestors might want me to slap the living shit out of you for what you did to them. Maybe maybe that's what my ancestors would want. But but you act like my ancestors died so I could be friends with my oppressor. Are you kidding me right now? Like, is that the holy grail? Like being next to white people, being just like white people, blending in with white people. Is that is that what heaven looked like, boss? Is that what heaven is, boss? Right. And, and, and so you have Negroes who think that way. They, their goal is to get white people to all get together and collectively say Black Lives Matter. We love you. We'll give you that 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 nice job on the corner. If you listen to um, if you go listen to that rap, did anybody see where Biden put out the little ad today? They had the rappers on the battle rappers. I guess they need money. I guess I guess I guess the battle rap industry slowed down a little bit because of COVID because they got to get in each other's faces or whatnot. And it don't look so good when they weren't masks. So so I guess they needed the money. So they did a little battle rap. And of course, you know, it's it's Biden. So it's it's two black men rapping on the basketball court. OK, that's I guess that's all black men know how to do is rap and play basketball, whatever. And, and they're rapping about how great the Biden plan is. And then one guy saying, well, I'm not going to vote because blah, 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 blah. And the other guy's like, no, this is why you need to vote because Biden got a plan for black people. Biden got a plan. And the, and the one thing you'll notice in that is number one, they don't really rap about black people owning businesses. They rap about black people getting jobs, right? They don't rap about black people actually running schools. They rap about black, about white people building better schools to house black people. Like you are their cattle. We are there like almost like um, a flock of, of sheep or pigs or chickens, right? We are their property. They, we are viewed as their property. So the reason that, that, that they're so mad at Ice Cube for having a meeting with Trump, he didn't align with Trump. He just had a meeting. He said, I'm going to meet with both sides. I'm not committed to anybody. They're mad at him because they're saying, God damn it, this Negro is our property. And why in the hell is our property? You, bitch, you belong to me. Why are you over talking to Trump? You ain't supposed to be talking to them like a jealous, like a jealous, insecure boyfriend who knows he ain't been doing right. And he's like, why, why, what, what, what you doing over talking to that dude? You ain't loyal. You ain't loyal. No, no, you weren't loyal because, because maybe that person wanted your love. Maybe they wanted you to come through. I believe 
that when people are talking to the politicians, black people by default want the Democratic Party to do the right thing. And Lord knows we give them every opportunity to do so. Lord knows that we've shown up for them in every election since the civil rights movement and before that, right? Lord knows that we give them 50,000 chances to fuck us sideways and we still keep coming back for more. We have done everything in terms of bending over backwards saying all we need you to do is do what you said you're gonna do and make things right in a country where you claim to chase the same dream that we chase. And they continuously ignore that to the point where they force you into the arms of another person, right? Like seriously, they, they abuse you so much that they're they're forcing certain people into the arms of a Donald Trump. And, and so, so here's the thing. Anytime you hear of a black person who has, whether it's met with the Trumps, it's the, it's the Democratic Party's fault. They made that choice. Anybody that you hear that flips and says, I'm just a Republican now. Well, in the many cases, the Democrats did that. If you ask them, like, hey, were you ever a Democrat? Yeah, I used to be a Democrat. I was a hardcore Democrat. And then I realized I thought about it and I, I, you know, I saw my community. My community wasn't getting any better. Right. Do you know, like in, in, in a lot of these cities that are run by the Democrats, the black kids can't even read. Why the fuck do you want that for your people? Why do you want your children to be the least educated kids on the planet? Don't you think that that should be like martial law? Like that's that's a that's a state of emergency. They are destroying your entire next generation. I'm not trying to tell you to go be a Republican. I'm not. I'm, I told you. I told you. I'm voting. For, I'm voting for Mickey Mouse. I'm voting. I'm a write on the ballot when it comes to President's part. I'm a write in. I vote for black people, or that's what I'm a write in. Or you know, I'm not. I'm not voting for Trump. I'm not voting for Biden. And when I hear people say you're a Trump supporter because you ain't down with Biden. That instantly makes me say, what kind of slave are you? What kind of slave are you to even think that Biden owns your vote? I mean, Biden of all people, it's not even like you're talking about a good white man. Like, you're not talking about like, you know, Father Michael Flager. Father Michael Flager is out of Chicago. If you don't know him, he's ride or die for black people. He's a really, as far as good white folks go, Father Flager passes the test. He's a he's a good dude. He's he's really, I mean, this dude will go to jail for black to protect black people. I, I've seen it. This man is amazing. But he's not in that category. Joe Biden, like the Proud Boys, you talk about the racist groups, the KKK, David Duke ain't got shit on Joe Biden. Joe Biden has said and done things that will make David Duke very, very proud. So, so I just kind of find it really hilarious that you have some black people that are so deeply invested in going to war for a racist. Like, like, are you really that much of a white supremacist that you literally, what does this, what would this man have to do to you? I'm asking the coons here. I'm asking the, the I'm asking the, 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 the empty minded Negroes now, what would he have to do to you to make you say, you know, eh, I don't think I want to do this. Like, are, are you, are you that crazy? Are you, are you that crazy? I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to help you. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please do that. And uh, also, I want to remind you guys, uh, if you believe in being all black, the all black national convention, you guys have asked me about that. It's going to happen the weekend of the 23rd. Uh, it's going to be a full weekend of about seven different panels and training sessions on business and everything else. We're going to talk about not just politics, but relationships and everything, all kinds of stuff. Tariq Nasheed is going to join us. Vicky Dill is going to be there. George Frazier is going to be there. A whole lot of great people. So if you like to go to the convention, uh, it's going to be digital. We're going to do it online to keep you safe. Go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. I want to make sure I mention that. All Black 
nationalconvention.com. Okay, so another couple of quick thoughts about the, the whole meeting with Ice Cube and, and Biden and all that stuff that everybody's all in the, up in arms about. Um, first of all, you know, Biden, I mean, excuse me, uh, Ice Cube is not a Republican. You know, he's not he's not a, a, a Democrat or Republican. Um, I got a sense that, and I can't speak for him, but I got a sense that he really wanted the Democrats to do the right thing. Like, like and a lot of people do that. Like, I, I talk to some black folks that sit down with these politicians, right? I They don't sit down with people like me or Dr. Claude Anderson because we're seen as being too black, right? They'll, they'll never sit down with Dr. Claude Anderson because they have a fear of that. Now, now, what's ironic to be odd to be you know really clear about it though, is the Republicans are more likely to do it because the Republicans are trying to take the votes from the Democrats. The Democrats don't want to sit down with the Dr. Claude Anderson because they're like we we have all the we have all the sheep minded Negroes like we got all the you know all the the folks that feel like they should just vote just because we know they're not going to vote Republican they're going to vote for us so we don't have to do anything right so the Republicans are kind of in this position where they're like okay what can we do to try to win over some people in the black community so that's why they're working they're not working because they like black people. Uh, in particular, I think they're working because they're trying to figure out how to get those votes. If the Democrats were in the same position, I believe they would work too. But they're in a position where they feel like, look, we're the incumbent. We own these people. They belong to us. We're not going to work for something that we that we can get for free. We're not going to pay for something that should be free, right? So, so, so Cube is not going in this as a Republican. And I think that anybody who says that you can't even go meet with the Republicans um, not only are they making a mistake, but those individuals uh, should probably check themselves because, you, you know, people think that to be a white supremacist, you got to be white. That's not true. Of the overwhelming majority of or a large percentage of white supremacists are black people. A lot of white supremacists are black people. So any black person who says, you know, Negro, why are you even talking to them? Is is a person that's basically saying you're only allowed to talk to them. Right. Like if he announced, you know what, I met with the Biden campaign today, people will be cheering for that. They'd be clapping. They'd be like, oh, that's so great. That's wonderful. What did you accomplish? Right. And he did that. He met with the Biden campaign. But then when he goes and talks to the other side, they're like, nigga, what are you doing? Why? Bring, bring your ass back, boy. You supposed to stay over here, boy. You using you just master Biden's property, nigga. Right? right? Just like the just just like the overseer on the plantation. Like sometimes the overseer was meaner to the slave than the slave master. Listen, go, go watch Django. Samuel L. Jackson's character hated Django more than the master did, right? So, so that's kind of what you have. You have overseers that pretty much tell you what you are and are not allowed to do. Um, think about this too. It, it, even, it even translates into economics. Think about this. How many of you, raise your hand, give me a yes or no in the chat. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Does anybody, has anybody ever seen it where in your family, like, if you say you got a new job working for white people, they cheer you on. They want to have a party and shit like it's the greatest thing in the world. But if you tell them you start in your own business and you're going to be independent, they start to feel sorry for you. And they start telling you all the reasons why it ain't going to work and why it's crazy and why you going, why you going to fail. <laughs> like, really, like, like well, you were safe when you was with Massa. When you was with Massa, boy, I thought you were going to be all right. But now you out here trying to do something on your own. You know, nigga, you know black people can't do nothing on our own. Like, no, what, what's wrong with you, boy? What's wrong with you, boy? Like, seriously, you, you've got black people who are deeply invested in white supremacy. 
That's it. That's it. They, they are deeply, they, they are deep. Like white is not only right, but white is wonderful for them. It's wonderful in the city. Like they want their kids to go to the best white schools. They want to go work for the big white companies. They want to go to the big white universities, even, even though they stuck in debt. Now remember a lot of these members of the black elite, remember you got to have a heart for them. A lot of them are struggling financially. A lot of them can't survive economically without white people. They can't, they can't. If a white man is not giving them a job, they're done. Like they're fried. So so they're living in COVID. They're like, damn, how am I going to pay my bills? Well, you know, Master Biden is telling me that I need to go out here and collect some black people and deliver some Negroes for the polls. And maybe when he gets elected, then I'll get invited onto Air Force One, which will make me a better person and make me a more successful human being. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at a, a transaction. Right. And, and I think in this transaction, what you got to decide really is, is without me telling you what to do, I'm not here to tell you what to do. What you've got to decide is, am I going to be uh, a player in this transaction or am I going to be an asset in this transaction? Right. Am I going to have equity and ownership over my being or am I going to hand myself over to someone else to be manipulated? Right. So so what does that mean? Well, that means that if you just go vote for somebody because somebody told you to do it and then they went and they lied to you and said your ancestors died for you to vote. You, they, they don't know your fucking answer. You, you don't know my great grandmother. But why the hell are you telling me why she died? You don't know shit about why she died. And in fact, actually, if you're going to bring my grandmama's name in this shit, you should be talking about reparations. How are you going to bring my grandma's name up when you when it when it conveniences you when you're getting a vote and you're getting money out of the deal? But you can't bring my grandma's name up when I'm talking to you about reparations. I mean, think about this, right? I'm repeating the word reparations over and over and over again. If I take a vote amongst black people, like I talk to black people every single day. I talk to black people far more than Biden does, more than Kamala Harris does, more than, you know, a lot of these people do, right? If I was to ask you guys what your top issues are in this election, reparations would clearly for most 90% of you, it would be in the top three, maybe even number one for a lot of black people. So think, pay attention, process this. Only smart people going to get this. The, the dumbasses, I, I saw a couple of trolls in the chat. Y'all, you're getting ignored. So, but if you want to stay in troll, like, please continue to do that. I, I don't give a fuck. But, but here's the, so process this, right? So you are using black people to get into the White House. You want to ride the backs of black people like a horse into the White House. And so you need black people like you and you really feel like black people. That's that's your group. Right. You've told us if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Then, then why is it that when black people tell you what matters to them the most, you are completely, absolutely 100 percent tone deaf? Like, I want to ask you, give me a yes or no in the chat. Have you ever heard Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or even Donald Trump? Let's throw Trump in there. I don't care. Have you heard any of these politicians even say the word reparations? How often have you ever heard Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Mike Pence, or Donald Trump say the word reparations? Give me a yes or no. Have you ever heard them say that word at all anywhere? I haven't. I haven't. So you spoke. So you're trying to convince me you care about me. I mean, just just so you know, this is a note for the, those of you who are in relationships. If somebody cares about you, they're going to care about what you care about. Like I care about my 10 year old. So I took the time to learn how to use TikTok because I saw that she cared about TikTok. She loves to do TikTok, right? I care about our 17 year old. So I took the time to study gaming and he's because he likes video games and he likes to, he likes cars. So I took some time to look into cars, right? If, if somebody cares about you, they're going to care about what you care about. 
But if somebody says they care about you and they don't give a fuck about anything that you care about, then that person does not care about you. That person does not care about you. They're not even taking the time to try to understand you or listen to you. It is a one-way conversation. It is a one-way conversation. So when I look at our favorite politicians, this is this is part of what led me down the pathway of saying, you know what, I'm not into this Democrat-Republican crap. I'm not, I'm, whatever, man, they can kiss my black ass. Is, I, is when I, I remember back in 2008, 2009, 2010, back when people thought I might possibly be mainstream, right? Because I, I was on the faculty at Syracuse University, so a lot of people thought, and there's a lot of people in the media from Syracuse, so a lot of these producers from CNN and other places will call me because they're like, oh, there's this black Syracuse professor and he's really smart, blah, 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 but they also didn't understand, like, I'm going to tell it like it is and I'm down for black people. That's it. I'm not really trying to fit in. I'm not fitting into no bullshit. I, I'm not interested in that. So they started to kind of try to pull me into that mainstream space. And a lot of the reason it didn't work was because, so what happened was when Obama got elected, and then they're pulling me into this mainstream space, because I also have roots in Chicago. I was on WVON a lot. And, you know, the Obamas came out of Chicago. And that's how Roland Martin's career kind of took off, is because he was connected with the Obamas. CNN gave him a job because they wanted to maintain a connection with the Obamas. That's my speculation. That's what I was seeing sort of in my space. And uh, and so, so the Obama administration started calling me. There was a guy who was like the head of African-American media or something. I don't know what the fuck he did. But he will call me and talk to me like once every like month or two. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can really help them. I can help them to, you know, be aware of what black people care about and what's really going on. I'd be like, yeah, man, here's here's what I've been seeing and blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't hearing none of that. He, he literally, I literally remember feeling like this dude is not listening to me at all. And he's like, well, well, what we need you to do is we need you to push the president's initiative on blah, 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 blah. And it would be some shit that has nothing to do with black people. Like like, like when um, Sony, when Obama appointed, you remember Obama, when you talk about a black woman being on the Supreme Court, in case you don't know, a black woman has never been on the Supreme Court. Right? Never. And uh, and so uh, when Dorothy Hyde died, she, you know, her last wish with Obama was that a black woman gets put on Supreme Court. And I'm sure he just said, okay, you know, but he didn't do it. So he appointed this lady named Sonia Sotomayor. Was it Sonia Sotomayor? No, scratch. I'm sorry. Elena Kagan. He appointed Sonia too, but Elena Kagan was his appointee. So they call me and they're like, you know, we need you. And at first I'm thinking like, okay, we, you know, let's find a black woman. There's thousands of black female lawyers. It's time for a black woman to be on the Supreme Court. Like, if you, do you want my help? I know black lawyers. I know some people who know lawyers. And they're like, no, he's already picked somebody. He's picked a lady named Elena Kagan. I'm like, okay, who the fuck is that? Like, I don't know. Is she, is she black? He's like, no. It's, but, but it turns out Elena was Jewish. She was from Harvard. Um, and also she had another, oh, I, th I think she might've been LGBT to be honest with you, like based on what I could read between the lines. And this lady, I swear to God, this lady at Harvard had a hiring record for black people that was worse, as bad as it could have been. If she she could have been the Grand Wizard of the KKK and her hiring record couldn't have been worse. Literally in six years, she did not hire one single black person. Not one single African American, not one. And then, and so, and they're trying to get me to go out and tell black people that this lady is a good pick. And I'm like, this lady's not a good pick. This lady's a racist. 
She's a Klansman. Like, did you see her hiring record? She hasn't hired any black people. And then they're like, yeah, but but she took the Thurgood Marshall chair at Harvard. She, she, she didn't have to take the Thurgood Marshall chair. She could have took a different chair, but she took the Thurgood Marshall chair. I'm like, I don't care about that. Like, this is just stupid to me. Like, and you want me to go out and lie on your behalf? Like, this is crazy. And so so I, what it really showed me is that is that that there's something in the water in that space. You know, I don't know if it's um, maybe that's what happens when you get into high politics. Maybe the billionaires and, and the corporations are running everything and black people are seen as an asset uh, in the accumulation of power. But black people are not seen as meaningful, relevant human beings who truly deserve to be fully represented at those highest levels, because I did not get a sense. I did not see much there that said to me that, you know, the Obamas or anybody around them was really looking out for black people. Um, I think that the feeling is, look, we're going to just do whatever black people need. Black people like flashy shit. They want some shit that's going to make them get excited. They want him, you know, they, they want him to have a certain type of swag. They, they like the look of his family. They like, you know, whatever it is, they like how cool he looks in sunglasses. And that's what we're going to market. So we're going to market something, an image to black people. But when it comes to actually doing the work, we're not going to do any of the work because the work is hard. The work is hard. It's really hard to be really black in America and to stay that way. Because in a way, you feel like you're playing for the losing team. You're playing for a, for a group of people where, first of all, half the Negro is going to fight against you. Half of them are going to try to take you out because you ain't serving mass in the way they think you should. But then also the resources are, aren't there the way they should be. You know, it's a 13, 14 trillion dollar debt that is owed to black people. Of course, they don't want to talk about reparations. They ain't got the fucking money. They don't, they, they don't have the money. They could have the money if you forced them to have the money. But in a way, getting America to pay the debt that it owes to black people is like getting a person who's living paycheck to paycheck to pay their student loans. Think about this. Imagine if you are a guy who makes $40,000 a year and you owe $250,000 in student loan debt. Imagine a bill collector trying to get a guy that makes 40 grand a year to start repaying a quarter million dollars in student loans. He's going to do everything in his power to hide from you, right? Like a lot of y'all will. Some of y'all might be doing it now. I'm not even judging. That's okay. I get it, right? But think about this. You make 40 grand a year. They're trying to get a quarter million dollars out of your ass. You won't hide at every available opportunity. You will never pick up the phone again if you have to, right? And so, so a person like that, you have to really put the heat on that motherfucker. Like if you're the bill collector, now put your shoes in the bill collector. The, the bill collector's place. You're gonna have to fight to get that money. You can't you can't take his word for it. You get him on the phone. Okay, so when can we expect payment? Oh, well, I'll send a check tomorrow. No, you can't take their word for it. You need to get you, you no, know, can you wire the money right now? Or or we just repossess your bank account. You know, they so with people like that, you gotta go in and take the money out of the account. You gotta force them to pay. I I mean, anybody else ever been like in debt where you didn't have the money to pay and they had to really like force you to pay it? I'm not gonna I'm gonna go ahead and confess. I, I was in that situation a couple times when I was younger where you weren't going to get that money by being nice to me. You weren't going to get that money by getting me to pay you when it was convenient. They had to, when, I mean, really, I remember in my 20s one time where I owed some money. I really owed it. I just didn't have, I just didn't feel like giving up my last dollar. They had to go in my bank account and garnish my shit. And that's how they got their money. So uh, black people, in order to get the, the debt that is owed to us, we're going to have to play hardball. And until you are ready 
to play hardball, then you're going to get fucked around. You're going to get the runaround because they barely have the money to pay you. They could pay you if they were forced to pay you, but you're not strong enough psychologically to push the issue. You are too busy making friends and not busy enough trying to win games. You cannot win an NBA championship if you're on the court trying to make friends. So for black people, you got to decide, do you want to win or do you want to fit in? Do you want to do you want to succeed or do you want them to like you? Right? Because they'll they'll flatter your ass all day long. The Joe Biden ad had the black guys rapping in front of a big sign that said Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. They're like, okay, we're gonna massage their booties a little bit, make them feel better about themselves, and that'll get their vote, right? Because they know that that stuff works on you. They know that flattery will will, will go a long way because flattery don't cost no money. They ain't gotta go to the treasury and do a withdrawal of flattery, right? <laughs> flattery is not a stimulus check in your mailbox. Flattery is just a bunch of bullshit words that somebody could just spit out and lie to you and make you feel better because they know that you're lacking self-esteem. And so what they're dealing with is they're dealing with two, at least two black Americans, maybe even three or four. They got the black America that, that doesn't have the self-esteem yet. They're still holding on for this integration thing. They still haven't yet necessarily been caught up and educated well enough to understand the vast failure of what the civil rights movement was teaching us to go for, right? They still think that it was a good idea in the 1960s to go into a white man's restaurant and let him beat the shit out of you for three hours just so you can get the opportunity to come back to that restaurant and give him your all your money so that he could then go spit in your food, right? Like that's what we, that's what they fought for. That's how backwards the slave mind is, right? It, there's nothing about that that makes any sense. There's nothing about that you can justify. Almost nothing, right? But, we, but we're polite about it because we don't want to be rude. I don't want you to feel like I think that you're, you know, that certain heroes are not great people. That's fine. But remember that some of your heroes were, were, are not really meant to be your heroes. They were deliberately placed and positioned in front of you as your heroes. So when you went through a white supremacist school system, they taught you who your heroes were supposed to be. That's why they told you all about the Negroes who went into the coffee shops and got their ass beat, but didn't tell you nothing about Marcus Garvey, who fought to the death to really defend you and fight for you and give you some motherfucking rights to give you some assets, to give you some ownership, to give you some power and control. Hey, think about this. Why is it they teach you every kind, everything imaginable when you go to school? They, take, they got you going all around the world learning a bunch of crap that you'll never need for the rest of your life. But with all that stuff that they're teaching you, all that information that's supposedly pouring into your head, they ain't got half a day uh, and 20 minutes to even mention Marcus Garvey? Are you kidding me? He's one of the greatest black men in the history of this earth, and you haven't mentioned him once? You think that's a coincidence? No. That's the plan. That is the plan. We don't need the slaves to, to want to own anything. We need you to just want to focus on being a better slave. That's how you'll be successful in America in some cases. Just be a good slave, and we'll, get, we'll throw you a couple more crumbs. We'll take care of you. So, so all of this, when I see all this happening, this mind control, um, I am cheering. I am cheering for Ice Cube meeting with Trump, not because I am cheering for Trump and not because I believe in being a Republican, but because we need somebody that's going to be radical up in this bitch. We need somebody who literally can carry the words, I don't give a fuck, all the way to the end zone. Like literally, like, like, like literally, and, and this is what I'm doing. This is literally what I'm doing. That's why I'm literally saying like, 
Call me whatever you want. Use whatever label you have. Your words have no power in here because I give zero fucks about what you think about what we're trying to do because at the end of the day, something radical must take place. Even if it fails, you must do something radical if you're going to get a different result. If you keep doing the same thing you did in the last election, then you're going to get the same result every damn time. So when people are like, you know, again, no, no, I'm not even disenrolling, following, crying like, oh, they were voting today. Oh, my God, we're going to make world, the world a better place. What makes sense about any of that? None of that makes sense at all whatsoever. There's because we voted in the last election. It's not like we're doing something different. It's the same thing you did all the other times where they were screwing you. So, so if you don't change your behavior, then they're not going to change their behavior. So you can't really look at them. Like we could talk about white supremacy and what white folks ain't doing and all this other stuff. It is their fault, right? They should take ownership and their part in this. But a lot of it really comes back on you. It's just like dating and relationships. I mean, anybody who's ever had a good grandma who taught you about relationships, she probably taught you that, you know, you teach people how to treat you. You teach people how to treat you. I think that's true for males or females. You teach people how to treat you. If you demand nothing, then they'll give you, and then a lot of people will give you nothing. You know, it's like if I go into the store and I tell them, and, and they tell me everything is less than $5, then I'm not going to expect to spend more than five bucks for anything. But if I come into a store and they tell me that everything's exquisite and expensive and that you're going to have to spend at least $300 to be here, then I'm either going to walk out the door or I'm going to stay and be and, and prepare to spend top dollar to get everything that I get. You see, you set the price. You, 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 you decide what you're going to be worth to the opposition. So when you're playing hardball, again, like I said... They don't have the money to pay you. They don't have $14 trillion. It, you know, the, 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 the national debt is, what, $24, $25 trillion. It's going to get higher because of the stimulus stuff. The national budget, I think the revenue, for, tax revenue per year is about 3 or $4 trillion, right? So, so what are they, and it's about a $21 trillion economy. So how can they afford to pay $14 trillion they really owe black people? They can't afford it. So they're going to do everything in their power to avoid paying you back. The only way you would get them to pay is if you become as big of an asshole as I sound like right now. Like, I really believe you have to be just unreasonable. You have to be uh, nasty. You got to be a little bit rude. You got to say, nope, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not. You, you want to be my friend? Well, if you want to be my friend, then when are you going to pay up? Oh, no, no. You, you, you keep talking about my ancestors. Again, my ancestors died to vote. Well, if you're going to bring in my ancestors, fine. Let's talk about my ancestors. Since my ancestors died, you owe them money. So why don't you pay my ancestors debt? And then we could talk about me voting for you. Uh, it, it, because since you want to talk about my ancestors, we got to talk about making it right. Right. We can't talk about my ancestors when it comes to voting, but then forget about them when he talks about when he talk about reparations. You you can't say the word reparations. You get all tongue tied when that comes up. You won't go talk to Cardi B again. But when you're talking about voting, you're going to talk about my ancestors all day. Don't don't put don't put my great grandmama's name in your mouth unless you're ready to show respect. Put respect on my name by paying what you owe. If you can't pay what you owe, then then shut the fuck up like that. That really is where I am with this. I'm, I'm not telling anybody to be like me. I don't tell anybody to be like me. I'm just saying that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, you, you teach people how to treat you. You teach people how to treat you. Uh, what else did I notice? Uh, one other funny thing that was really interesting was I saw somebody sent me that uh, New York Post article about Biden and, and the Ukraine or something. And then they had all these pictures of Biden's son with the 
with the crack pipe in his mouth or something. That was kind of crazy. And uh, and I'm not here to make fun of anybody that has a drug problem. Uh, you know, people people have their 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 demons or whatever. But I'm gonna just tell you, it does infuriate me as a black man to know that this guy uh, worked so hard to incarcerate so many people for drugs, drug possession, drug sale, sales, whatever. Uh, people had struggling with drug addiction and his own son uh, was ro rolling through the hood looking to score some crack. Uh, that, that, that is um, the essence of white supremacy and white privilege. That is um, the essence of hypocrisy. You know, and it really just says that at the end of the day, he needs to apologize. Uh, I think that he needs to apologize for the crime bill, but not just apologize. He needs to fix it. He needs to go fix it. Uh, if he doesn't fix it, then uh, then then uh, nothing can be forgiven. And the reason is because those people, a lot of them are still in prison. There are people that were locked up in 1994 and they're still in prison. They're not they're going to be in prison until they die. Uh, and so they can still. You know, if they wanted to get a vote from somebody like me, my vote is readily available. It's very easy to get my vote. All you got to do is acknowledge reparations and form a credible plan to pursue reparations. And also you have to engage in a broad, systematic effort to reverse the effects, uh, to reverse the effects of mass incarceration. Uh, that means that, you you know, you don't do what Biden, Trump and and and, and uh and Obama and everybody else has been doing where you're getting out one person at a time or two people at a time. You got to get out. You got to release 10,000 people at a time. You know, remember when Biden made his crime bill, he wasn't saying let's lock up one or two black people. He said, let's get 100,000 of these kids that come from single parent homes and let's take 100,000 of them out of society. So the same way that you use industrial level you know, ethnic cleansing to get rid of 100, 000, hundreds of thousands of people. Well, you got to use the reverse of that. You got to use industrial level regeneration to reverse the effects and release hundreds of thousands of those people. And then you have to go through a process of repairing the communities that you destroyed. I've not seen any of that from uh, from the Democrats. That's why they're not getting my vote. I'm not voting Republican because I'm just not comfortable doing that. But you know what? Uh, as far as voting, everything's on the table. Uh, my one criticism, my big criticism of Trump's platinum plan, because I read both of their plans, um, I like the platinum plan better. The problem with Trump's platinum plan is that this man's been in office four years and he hasn't pursued any of that. Trump is a uh, blowhard. He's full of air. He talks a lot, right? That's why I don't take him that seriously because he, he'll say crazy stuff, but then you look at what he actually does. He doesn't do any of the stuff. He just says crazy stuff. And a lot of people don't like that because they think he's rude. Uh, you know, but but really my, my thing on the platinum plan is, you know, you haven't done anything yet. And that's the big credibility issue that you have with me. Now, mind you, if the next four years, if they operate, if they if they're in the White House and they really make moves on that platinum plan, I'm gonna tell the truth about it. I'm gonna say, you know what? Hey, he put a hundred, you know, or fifty billion dollars in the hood, right? And I saw this money went to black businesses. It wasn't like that Black Lives Matter money, you know, all those corporate donations to Black Lives Matter, that billions of dollars worth of donations that just disappeared. Like no black people know where that money went, right? <laughs> it went to you know Democratic Party campaigns, like you know, a lot of people collect money on behalf of black people that a lot of people collect money with your name on it a lot of people take your issues and they monetize black pain they monetize the suffering of black people uh just no different from the way they monetize the suffering of starving children in africa these charities make billions of dollars 
And that money does not go to the people. It does not go to develop infrastructure in those companies. It does not go to help actually elevate the condition of those of, of those countries. It actually makes those countries worse, right? So the same thing is true with black people. And you talk about donations from Black Lives Matter. That money is not our money. Black Lives Matter is not our organization. Um, I want to see the money really hit the streets. I want to see it really hit people uh, in their pockets. Uh, I want to see black business owners get what they need. Um, I want to see... Uh, you know, the community improve. If I don't see the community improve, then I'm not going to believe you. You know, and I think that the Democrats, the problem they have is that they have been fucking lying. Like go to any, go to any city and anybody who doesn't like what I'm saying, um, you have no proof. You have no proof that this shit is working. Like seriously, you're just mad because people are calling out the obvious. You're just mad because people are like, wait a minute, we're voting for these people and the communities are just falling apart. You know, it's so so the best way to shut people like that up is to show results. And, and, and because they can't show results, they resort to name calling. Oh, you're a Trump supporter or oh, you're a clown or oh, you're a sellout or oh, you're this or oh, you're that. Well, you know what? You sold maybe, maybe call me a sellout if you want to. But guess what? You sold your people out a long time ago when you were leading your people to go support all of these damn politicians that weren't doing nothing for black people, you were the original sellout. So at worst, if you think somebody else is selling you out now, well, you, you started that ball rolling when you had black people voting for nothing. People are not stupid. Like a lot of people are not stupid. They're going to ask, what am I getting for this? What's in it for me? How's this going to work? Where's Where am I going to see my community improve? And you go to places like I live near Chicago. And I'm going to just tell you, Chicago was 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 catching all kinds of hell right under the Obama presidency. And I didn't understand it because this man, there's so many things I, I, I felt that he could do to help the situation in Chicago. And it's almost like they believe that if they just don't talk about it, it's not real. And so since they won't talk about it, then people like me have to talk about it. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to talk about it. And the reason I talk about it is because I know y'all are talking about it. Like y'all know what's really going on, seriously, right? So, so people can either, you know, decide to make things better, or they can keep acting, acting stupid or whatever. Like this, you know, American politics is incredibly corrupt. It's very, very sad to watch, and uh, and I don't want any parts of it in, in that regard. Like I'm gonna go vote, just so you know. People want to know who I'm gonna vote for. I will vote. I'm, but I'm gonna vote in my local elections. I'm not voting in the presidential election. Presidential election, I'm gonna write in the candidate, and that's how I'm gonna do things. You know, so and, but you but you should do what's best for you. That's it. That's the last point I'll make on you. And I, I've said it a thousand times. I want to say it a thousand times so that because I know people are gonna deliberately carry a false narrative. Propaganda is really big in elections, right? Propaganda is where the people tell lies that kind of fit their agenda, right? So a lot of people, you know, their propaganda is Boyce Watkins is telling people not to vote. Okay, so it's fine. I, I will say to those who are listening, I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm telling you to do what's best for you. That's the best advice I can give you is. Look at the situation, think about your family, look at other parties, look at their track record, and then do what's best for you. And uh, and if anybody has a problem with that, then that person is a is probably a white supremacist. That person is probably somebody who is not your friend. So uh, so don't listen to these people. You do what's best for you, and you take care of your family. Period. All right. So thank you, uh, Coleman G, for the donation. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm gonna get out of here, guys. 
Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, please, before you go. Please hit the thumbs up button. Poweronomics Masterclass starts tomorrow at 2. I just talked to Dr. Anderson. We're ready to go. So uh, feel free to register at poweronomicsmasterclass.com. That's poweronomicsmasterclass.com. Use the code word podcast to get 30% off if you'd like to join us. Um, also, the All Black National Convention is the weekend of the 23rd. Tariq Nasheed's coming through, as well as George C. Frazier and Vicki Dillard and a lot of great people. So if you'd like to join us for the All Black National Convention, go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. We're B1 Black first. We represent the community. That's it. We don't care nothing about no Democrats. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care what you do in your spare time. Democrat, Republican, that's your hobby. Being black is your full-time fucking job. So being black is your job. Being a Democrat or being a Republican or being LGBT or being a feminist or whatever the other stuff is, that's your part-time job. Do we agree on that? Give me a yes in the chat and we can at least agree that being black is going to be your full-time job and that's where the bulk of your effort should go is building the community, starting with your own family, starting with the people around you. You do that. That's our solution. I'm tired of depending on these politicians. They can all go to hell. So take care, guys. I'm out of here. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick the co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.